last show, there was a subtle beeping sound in the background every, oh, 35 to 68 seconds. Uh, I, I did the math. That, that was did the you? average. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you could actually hear it in the recording, but if you did, don't worry, I fixed the problem. My uh, my fire detector, smoke detector, no longer has a battery in it. So we're good. All we're safe. Good <laughs> we're, we're not safe, but you're safe from the beep. That's great. Funny uh, story before we oh, get rolling. Oh, okay. I, you got to hear this. So I, um, about maybe five, six years ago, used to rent this condo and a little two bedroom condo. It was a great little place. Loved it. Um, they, the wall, they had shared walls, right? So, um, every so often the fire marshals or fire department, I don't know who it was, had to come in and test all the smoke yes, detectors, right? Yes. Same on, I had one like that. Too. Yeah. So I had stayed up inadvertently for 24 hours, had to work the next night. I want to know how you inadvertently stay up for 24 hours. I just, you, whoops. Yeah. Playing video games Forgot when you're younger, you know, night. and just miss you like, Oh wait, it's, it's already 10 o'clock. These are and your then, bartender days. Yeah. My bartender days. Yeah. So had stayed up 24 hours, forgot I had to go to work. So couldn't go to sleep, went to work for whatever reason, my cousin wanted to come over and play more video games. So I'm like, screw it. I don't care. I got nothing to do tomorrow. Um, and then, so I had forgotten that the next morning the, the fire guy was going to come and by this time I had been up for maybe close to 72 hours. Holy balls. Yeah. And he comes in and just all it is just a huge, just annoying, just beep, just going off for maybe 20 minutes. That's all he's doing. And I'm just, I'm having you, so much you trouble. You fill with anxiety yeah. very quickly when you're that tired. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've you, ever stayed up for three straight I, days. I stayed, I slept for like 12 hours straight. It was that's, great. That's amazing. I uh, used to have this little thing where you could put it into, it made a very high pitched sound and I'd put it into someone's office you know, somewhere and put it into the ceiling panel, like the tiles yeah, and hide it up there. Total Jim and, and Dwight. it actually only it went off in random increments. It could go off once every 30 minutes, once every 30 seconds, it would just be random. So mm-hmm. people could never find it. They rip their desks <laughs> apart looking for that thing. Well, anyways, welcome to the show. This is overtime hockey talk. My name's Mark Paul, Justin Baker, the one who uh, doesn't sleep and, On today's show, we are going to break down all the little minor trades that have happened today, as well as the Nylander signing, of course. The Philadelphia Flyers have hired a new general manager, and then we will go through our quarter mark awards for the National Hockey League, Uh, more or less awards for the first 25 games, not so much like, hey, here's the prediction of who will win these awards in the end. Is that fair to say? Sure, we can do that. Yeah. Well... A little bit of both, I guess. And uh, so we'll we'll do that a little bit later. Uh, to start the show, though, let's, of course, you know, like, like the world before us, uh, we must comment on the William Nylander deal, a six-year, 6.9, it's like a convoluted number, 942733 or something like that. Uh, it's the weirdest looking one on all of capfriendly.com. So you could go have a, have a look at that. Of course, this year, he technically, his cap hit is like 10 something six something just to prorate him so he doesn't lose his uh money that he misses for not working so must be nice to not work and still hang on to all your money that's uh there you go that's always nice so uh with that said your initial thoughts on this deal well i i look at the breakdown of the deal and i think like 
70% of the bonuses are going to get paid out within the next like year and a half, two years, something like that. Yeah. He's going to make a lot of money real quick. Yeah. So, and, and again, a lot of that is to compensate him for time, the money lost, obviously the, the potentially $2 million and, he's and lost. And it's also to make it lockout protected. Right. All right. So he's going to still get his money next year. Most of it, even if there is a lockout. Right. Well, the good thing is, um, looking at that deal, I initially thought not so much that, oh, the t- you know, the, the Leafs got him under seven like they wanted to or close to six like they originally. I didn't have any of those thoughts. It was just, you know what? They're making this this contract tradable for a couple years down the line if they need to. Let's let's just throw this out. Actually, I just read this before we started the show. We're, we're recording at about 6 p.m. On, uh, on Monday night. And Kyle Dubit, well, Nylander was interviewed and he said, Kyle told me that as long as he's the general manager of the Maple Leafs, he will not trade me. Wow. So, and it's, hey, I'm pretty confident that's been said to people before. Right. And, I mean, maybe Dubas doesn't trade him, but he goes, hey, man, sorry, Shanahan traded you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, I had nothing to do with it. But, uh, yeah, it's, to, to me, though, he said, you know, hey, we're not in the business of trading away exceptional young players. You will never, that that is when we think about trading, you know, we go, well, they can't afford them, so they got to trade them. I mean, if you think about it, you never get value for a player like that. So if you lose players like that, you are just losing value. So it's much better in my in my mind to do what you need to do to move any other piece. Like if they, it would be tragic, but if they had to lose a Nazem Kadri, so be it, because you can't lose these guys. Nazem Kadri is a guy that is, he's useful, he's a good player, he does bring some unique skill set to the table, but you can replace him. You can't re- like you can't find another Nylander at it's least much more in difficult. terms of trade. Like, yes, there are players that are of equal value in the league, but they're not going anywhere. No other team's trading them. No, no. I think the last time you actually saw a team move such a, a star forward and actually get a good return in terms of like just value what they bring to the ice was Ryan Johansson Ryan, right, for right, Seth, Seth Jones, Jones. You know. Yeah, and uh, I, I, yeah, I just I see it as the Leafs aren't going to try to deal him. They know they're not getting any anything back for him that they're they're going to want. And so I actually thought it was funny when I read, well, let's see how Nylander compares to other comparable contracts. And it was listing off Shifley and Nathan McKinnon, who all these guys get paid less than Nylander. And I'm like, okay, yes, McKinnon does make less than Nylander. His deal is better. But that is on McKinnon because he signed a – I mean, you're going to look back when that deal's over and you're going to go, he signed a bad deal. Sure. And he did. Shifley, he signed a bad deal. For himself, in terms of financial, I mean, maybe he's, you know, they're perfectly happy with that. You know, Pasternak comes out and he says, you know, I if you told me I was going to get paid six million, I I don't know what I'd do. And so the fact that I'm making it, I'm I'm happy making what I make. I don't care. But Nathan McKinnon, when he signed that contract, he was not leading the league in scoring or close to it. You know, he he was he was a good player, but it was almost like, man, is McKinnon ever gonna? figure this out and is he going to be the elite guy we thought he could be or is he going to be that that next tier of players sure and certainly he has proven that he is next one of the elites yeah it's going to end up being a thing like jonathan Tavares, where i said jonathan john Tavares, where they they get such a value deal on that that contract after their right and then they cash in that next one right right exactly uh 
any other so okay so some of the fallout from this Nylander deal is that there's some roster space made available or a, a roster spot has to be made available so the Leafs trade Josh Levo for Michael Carcone Kirk- I think Kirk- that's right Carcone yeah. uh, a, a player who has kind of had uh, you know up and down results in the AHL 17 points in 20 games so far this season not bad I mean if you have to lose a guy why not at least give your your minor league system, a player who can come in and, and make a difference. And even if he never makes the Leafs, he is a guy that you can use on that team and uh, and can certainly, you know, you want your good players that are developing to also play alongside other good players. Even if they're not NHL quality, they're good quality at the AHL level, and that's fine. So good on the Leafs for not losing them for nothing because I think a lot of times in these situations, you see teams just throw a guy on waivers. Yeah, so. they get picked up. Yeah. Uh, also, what other? Oh, uh, Chuck Fletcher name. Or did we want to say anything about that Nylander deal? Anything else? No, left I, there. No, and for those who don't know, too, the last year he does have. I believe it's a modified ten team no trade clause. Um, that, again, Dubis not going to trade him, but you know, yeah, we'll see. Certainly but, doesn't sound like it. Yeah, unless he's a giant liar, <laughs> then he might. Uh, Daniel Sprong also traded to the Anaheim Ducks from the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Marcus Peterson. Uh, Daniel Sprong, kind of uh, along the lines of a Josh Levo. You know, people thought he would be a high-scoring player at the NHL level. Just really hasn't worked out in 20... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Marcus Peterson's stats. Daniel Marcus Peterson, six assists so far this year. Daniel Sprong, only four. He has nine points in 42 games in the National Hockey League. And uh, really hasn't, I would say, been given much of an opportunity. I mean, he's... He's been averaging eight and a half minutes this year. I mean, that's just, what are you going to really do in eight and a half minutes Nothing. a game? You're not going to get in any kind of groove. Uh, but at the same time, if you don't show that you're worthy of more ice time, then that's kind of your own problem. Uh, whereas Marcus Peterson is actually a guy who's been playing 14 minutes a night for the uh, for the Anaheim Ducks, kind of with you know so-so results. But he's obviously a, a sixth pairing defenseman uh, a third pairing defenseman the sixth <laughs> the sixth defenseman maybe the seventh defenseman and so i like this move for pittsburgh because they definitely have some depth issues at defense and daniel sprung's doing nothing for them and so make that move and bring in a guy who maybe can play for you if you have any injuries yeah might as well and in pittsburgh shown too in the past especially during their two cup runs where they can take mediocre you know number five six defensemen and make them play better than they actually are yes mike sullivan has proven that i guess <laughs> Okay, well, let's uh, the the Philadelphia Flyers. They have a new general manager, and that is former Minnesota Wild GM Chuck Fletcher. Uh, Chuck Fletcher built a Minnesota Wild team without any really high draft picks. I think uh, I'm trying to think the highest pick he had. I think was Matt Dumba, who Matt Dumba's tearing up the league right now. Leads the leads all defensemen with ten goals already. Guy's on pace for like 35 goals. Not too shabby. Nope, not too shabby at all. He's kind of finally coming into his... You know, he started coming into his own when Ryan Suter went down last year. Right, and he was forced to play more minutes. Yeah, yeah. and and all of a sudden you're going, huh, well, we have a number one defenseman and we didn't really even realize it. And he's really risen to the occasion, but... uh, Which is good because you don't have to play Suter now 55 minutes a night, so... I was trying to figure out if that was the real number, and I I now know that you know sarcasm. Uh, yeah, so Chuck Fletcher, obviously a guy who was able to build through the draft, 
but never really was able to get his team out of that first round. I mean, it was like they were always in the playoffs, but never really a team that scared anybody in terms of a playoff run. Uh, now, his two biggest free agent signings were Parise and Suter. You signed them to big, sure. massive deals. And, but And he kind of, that fell into his lap because they were both from, from there Minnesota. and they wanted yeah. to play together. And yeah, it was, it was at that time hockey's iteration of like, you know, the, the decision. Right. <laughs> LeBron Take James. Take my talents. You know, well, like, like, I mean, really before that, you didn't really see too many guys come together and go, hey, do you want to go play somewhere together? Yeah, and then all of a sudden you started you've maybe started to see it a little bit more like players having more of a role in the like hey come play in our city you know we'd love to have you play with us kind of thing or at least it's become more public i'm i'm sure that it has happened before uh Chuck Fletcher coming in taking over for Ron Hextall both guys pretty patient neither guys were out there making crazy moves uh probably the one thing uh, this is my my thought as to why Chuck Fletcher was hired. Now, I, I think that he's actually from the area, or like he 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 had been with the Flyers before, uh, in in some way. And uh, oh no, he wasn't. But okay, I'll look anyway, it up. Anyway, okay. it's just a double. Check. So Chuck Fletcher, though, here's the reason why he got hired. His best move as a Minnesota Wild general manager was not actually the signing of Suter and Parise. What was it? It was the trading for. Devin Dubnik at the trade yeah. deadline basically got him for hardly anything. And Devin Dubnik has turned into a almost like you the have your, goal you have your like your Vesna candidates and he's the next tier. Right. And there's five to eight of those guys. And he's been very, very consistent. And I think that they're thinking that he can come in and that he can find them a goaltender because I think this team is really built to, to do pretty well right now. Like if, if they have a good goaltender, this team is a playoff team, 100%. They're oh, a playoff sure. team. I mean, I put them at, to win the division at the preseason rankings. Yeah. So yep, yep. they got the talent, no doubt. You you apparently don't. No. Nope. picking your teams. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> uh, no I, I'm, I kid. I kid. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he's brought in to be, to, to be the guy who finds them a goaltender. And, I mean, yeah, they have... Wayne Simmons, Jordan Wheel, Brian Elliott, Michael Newverth, all in the final year of their contract. So he's going to have some cap space open. But I also, from what I heard, Ron Hextall and Wayne Simmons didn't get along. Really? So that was, you know, there was a lot of like Wayne Simmons on his way out. And maybe that's why they brought in JVR because he could kind of replace similar type of, you know, net presence. Right. And uh, maybe JVR might be the, the best at like park himself in front and tip shots. And put home rebound. Like, he's incredibly good. His hands are good, good in close. Yes, yes. yes. And so you're thinking he could replace Wayne Simmons. Apparently, Paul Holmgren, he, very high on Wayne Simmons. I think he gets – he'll resign, and I think that probably Chuck Fletcher said, yeah, no, we're not letting Simmons go anywhere. We want him here. And this team, far more star power than the Minnesota Wild had. And so I expect Chuck Fletcher to come in here and – uh, by by this time next season, I think that they'll be in a good place. They'll have a some goaltender who who can make things happen. Uh, whether that's Carter Hart coming up, you know, doesn't matter. They're they're going to have somebody, and they'll probably find somebody to uh, to hold hold the hand of Carter Hart in the for the time being. So, okay, well, shall we move into our uh, our awards? 
Let's do it. For the quarter mark. Okay. On to the rewards. The rewards. rewards. The awards. Yes, we're like a credit card. You can just get your rewards. Uh, okay, well, let's... Uh, here's what we'll do. I know some of this is predictions on who's going to win it at the quarter mark. Mm-hmm. Things like the Art Ross and the Maurice Richard. Obviously, we're... I mean, what's the point in talking? I mean, okay, yeah. We Miko can predict Randa who's going to win it. Leads the league in, in scoring right now. Uh that doesn't necessarily mean that he will. And so I think those those are more predictions. Um, at the same time, I've also kind of said, hey, here's the guy who uh, who maybe would win it through the first 25 games and, and who, if he's able to continue this, will we'll win it in the end. So uh, let's start with the Art Ross Trophy. We're currently ranting and leads the league with 45 points. Uh, he's just been on a tear. Nathan McKinnon close behind him with 43 and it almost looks like no one else is going to touch those two guys as they continue to uh surmount could 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 they end up with over 130 points by the end of the year i don't think so i don't think so but they'll get close to i think they'll both get close to having 100 points it'd be i don't i mean they're they're already at 45 points and we're 27 games in they're on right now they're on pace for Almost 150 points. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, 100 <laughs> points for each of them would would not surprise me at all. Um, I mean, they're going to get 100 points. Yeah, yeah. We know that's that. fair to this, say. This last month was the third highest scoring month in the history of the league. Was it really? Yeah, but the high and the highest scoring month I read was March of last year. <laughs> so for all the people that say goal scoring goes down later in the year, wrong. Clearly, dead wrong. Yeah, at least last when, year uh, was wrong. Connor McDavid just decided, oh, we're yeah. out of it. I'm just going to start tearing it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so who, who do you think is best positioned to win that Arras Trophy? Who will win that? Honestly, Mitch Marner. You know, I thought about putting that, and I figured I'd get a whole bunch of flack for it because yeah. I'd be, you know, home hometown. Home. Yeah. I honestly, so here's my thought process on that. With a healthy Austin Matthews and William Elander back in the fold, I think those two guys on your top line with, you know, whomever is on the other wing, I think that takes a little bit pressure off Tavares and Marner to they can see second line minutes against second line D pairing and they're just going to continue to do what they did at the beginning of the season and start tearing it up. And I'm hoping, and my thought process is that, you know, they'll continue to produce on the penalty kill. They'll continue to produce on the power play. Like they, they clearly should, and it should pay off for them. This is my, this is my worry. Um, first off there's, there's, there's a worry. And then there's, there's actually, I think Marner is actually shooting, far below his career average. Mm-hmm. Last year, he shot 11.6%. The year before, 10.8%. This year, he's shooting 76 So imagine he's... You Picks know, that up a He's going to pick that up a bit. Yes. I think I don't think he's going to shoot 7.5%, a guy like him. Uh, only has six goals through 27 games, but has 32 assists. I mean, Tavares has 19 goals. Right. A lot of... And actually, uh, I know... Marner, every time that he's assisted on a Tavares goal, it's been a primary assist. <laughs> so, I mean, he's and a lot of those goals have been Marner taking the puck to the net, making some sort of move, taking a shot, getting a rebound, and the rebound he actually passes over to Tavares instead of shooting, you know, throwing into the goalie's chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my mind, though, I mean, he's got 21 or he's got 10, 11 power play points. Uh, I guess, yeah, that should go up. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think, or or it's not really going to go much further down because he's doing a lot of his production five on five. But I do wonder if his ice time, he, right now he's making 90, 19, uh, 19, 20 a game. 
Yeah, and I think it goes think down to maybe eighteen ish. Yeah, I, I think that you want him to be down a little bit, and so that will limit his chances a little bit. And so I wonder if uh, maybe he slow, his pace slows a little bit. Mm. Whereas for me, I'm looking at McKinnon and Ranton, and there's really not like those two guys are just carrying the load. They are. That, that and, is very true. And there's no reason to think that they're going to get less ice time. Uh, they've, I mean, Colorado's been playing fantastic as of late. They've moved themselves into second place uh, in that central division. And so uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it seems as though Colorado's going to keep rolling that as long as they can. So, barring injury, especially since McKinnon's the one doing most of the goal scoring, he's, uh, what does he have, 19, 21 goals? No, 19 goals, I think is what he has. Uh, Line A has 21 goals. 21 goals and three assists for Patrick Line A. And uh, whereas I, I think that McKinnon, I think ultimately he's the better player. And being a center, you tend to pick up some extra assists along the way. And so I think in the end, he does pass his teammate Randon and, and win that Art Ross Trophy. I, I just don't see anybody catching them just because they're, they're so dynamic and they're not going to separate them. Whereas you've got why the, would you? You've got the Oilers who are always trying to tinker, and they've got Ken Hitchcock. So while the Oilers are actually winning and putting themselves into a position to maybe They're make the playoffs, four one now, and one since Hitchcock took yeah, over, that maybe they make the playoffs, and that can impact some other races. I think that it's not like Connor McDavid's not going to win that scoring title. I don't think so. No, he doesn't. I mean, when you look at his help offensively around him yeah. versus what Colorado you can has, shut, you can. It's hard to shut him down, but you can certainly you can certainly try. And right. teams are it's the, he's the only one worth trying. <laughs> you can let you know if Drysaddle scores on me because I'm shutting down McDavid. That's fine. Right, I'll let that I'll, happen. I'll take, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, okay, so the Rocket Richard Trophy uh, is our our next award. Our next one. Uh, the Rocket Richard right now, Patrick Line leading it with 21 goals, uh, but will he ultimately finish? As the Rocket Richard Trophy winner, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, okay. yeah, he's going to. He's the guy I predicted at the beginning of the year, and he's going to continue to do it. He started off slow, and he's caught fire. I think nineteen goals in the last nine games, right? Something right. ridiculous. Yeah, he's been like ridiculous. That. I mean, yeah, he had that really slow start, and mm-hmm. you know, it was funny because last year, remember, he had that long stretch where he said something like, "Yeah, was it was it him who said?" Or who said like playing him. hockey isn't that fun right now and then all of a sudden he caught fire yep and so yeah i mean it is very rick nash 2001 like of him to have 21 goals and three assists i, I want to say rick nash had 41 goals and like 20 assists the year that he <laughs> won the him aginla and kovalchuk i think all so. won the rocket richard that year with 41 goals uh, but he had by far the least amount of assists out of those three guys. We can find those amount of assists and, and laugh at him. But he, Line a might actually have fewer assists than that. He's only on pace for barely ten, ten assists, eleven assists. <laughs> yet he's yet also on pace for sixty-five goals. That's crazy. Yeah, so. I mean, he plays on a line with Brian Little and Kyle Connor. Don't get me wrong; both two good players, but those guys don't score goals. So he's the only one that's going to be putting the puck in the net. Right, so, they're, they're feeding him the puck. Right, and you look at like their top line, Ehler, Shifley, and Wheeler, all three of those guys can score some goals, and have proven they can. So, um, yeah, so I, I I don't see him getting many more assists, to be quite honest, unless, uh, you know, 
they change up some lines. I'm sorry, I made I made a mistake. Wrong year. Wrong he, year. He led the league in scoring in uh, goals in 2003-4. He had 41, and he had 16 assists. 16. A minus 35. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That was a terrible. <laughs> now, I don't care too much about about plus minus, but I mean, goodness gracious, two a two year combined total of a minus 62. Yeah, those teams were terrible That's fantastic. though. Fantastic. That is fantastic. Uh, okay. Well, I have. Alex Ovechkin uh, coming back and, and taking this. This this is my thought process behind that. We have seen Ovechkin come from behind before and score like mad at the end of a year. Washington has been real up and down. I mean, they've been out of the playoffs at one point, and now they're first place in that division. And uh, I think they'll keep kind of riding, riding some streaks. Nicholas Backstrom has almost looked better than ever. Yeah. He's quietly, you know, in the top fifteen of scoring in the league. He snuck and, back uh, on that top line. Just okay. I'm gonna, yep. I'm gonna take this back, Kuzi. Yep. Why don't you give it to me? Well, Bye. Did, did Kuznetsov get hurt? He got right? hurt. So Backstrom yeah. stepped up, took it over, started right. scoring like well, and it's like okay, Kuzi, yeah. you're gonna go back to the and line and now. to me, this might be Ovechkin's last shot at a Rocket Richard Trophy, uh, his last one. Yeah, when you got guys like Pasternak and Line A. You know, proving they can score goals and they're they're challenging him every year. You got to figure at some point he's got to start slowing down. Well, and and it's more the fact that he's going to slow down. I mean, it looks like with Liney, you're going to have to score sixty goals to beat him. Uh, but I I think that Liney will slow down a little bit in terms of those goals. You know, you're not going to you're not going to score 20, 21 goals every uh, or nineteen goals every nine games. So I hope he does. Truly hope he does, because that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. I I would love if somebody, you know, ended up with seventy goals, eighty goals, and away we go. Uh, I missed that. Well, I just wasn't alive for that. <laughs> I guess I was, but I wasn't actually cognizant of anything. Right. You know, the first game I really remember, like succinctly, was nineteen ninety three when the Leafs were playing the Sharks in the playoffs. That like I remember that game. I mean, looking back, I can now I can go, "Oh, I do remember watching like some stuff, but that Shark series, I remember even without seeing any highlights or anything, I remember watching it as a kid." And so I would have been about 7 years old then. Right. Yeah, and one of my earliest memories is watching the Sharks beat the Red Wings in the playoffs when Osgood coughed it up his rookie season. Uh, yeah. yeah. But anyways, yeah. Let's move on. Okay, in the Norris Trophy. Norse right, right now, Thomas Shabbat leading all all defensemen in scoring, and uh, that has tended in the past to play a big factor into uh, you know a defenseman winning the Norris Trophy because it's the easiest indicator of somebody's production. But do you have Thomas Shabbat winning the Norris uh, at the quarter mark? Yes, at the quarter mark, certainly. Yes, yes he has been he has been the biggest surprise in the NHL. Uh, by, by far, I don't think there's anybody that you go, well, no, no, definitely bigger surprise. No, it's, yeah. it's Thomas Shabbat. I, I definitely didn't see him coming out like this, especially after Carlson left him like, okay, well, now everybody knows he's the number one guy, and he just hasn't proven he is a number one, so that was kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, we all knew that he was very talented, and so I don't think that it's surprising that he's a really good defenseman, but he, I don't think anybody thought he'd have Over more than one game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and really doing it five on five. He only has nine... Uh, eight power play points. Wow! So doing it in a in a way where you know defensemen can pick up some assists on the power play, but that hasn't been the case 
so as far as your, do you think Thomas Shabbat will hang on, win the Norris Trophy in the end, lead all defensemen in scoring, yada, yada, yada? I do not. Okay. I have John Carlson winning the Norris. Ah, so do I. Do you? All right. Yes, I do. Yeah, I think he gets some love. He led the league last year on D scoring, and he's he's got a slightly .01 points per game better average than Thomas Shabbat. Um yeah, I just I just think he's he's playing just very very good on a team that doesn't have many good defensive players outside of him. Well, yeah, and that shows by him playing twenty five and a half minutes right. a game. <laughs> I think that he leads. Uh, he's well, he's Chris Letang plays a little bit more, but seventh in the league in in uh, time on ice. Drew Doughty leads the way twenty six forty nine. Seth Jones twenty six twenty one. The only two guys above twenty six minutes. We don't have a. Uh, a Ryan Suter anymore. Like Ryan Suter's playing twenty five forty, but I feel like there was some seasons where he was at twenty eight. He was at thirty a lot. Thirty, yeah. mar- mm-hmm. well, thirty mark in some games, but as far as his average was like twenty eight, twenty seven, which is, I mean, even that's just just insane. Uh, okay, so we yeah we both have John Carlson. Yeah, he he's been fantastic. He also doesn't take penalties. I mean, he's got eight penalty minutes so far this year. Uh, half of what Shabbat and Burns have taken, and he is. I mean, he, you got to think that he's the catalyst for why Ovechkin and, and Kuznetsov and Backstrom and these guys can be so good. Tom Wilson's been really great, um, showing that he is worth every penny of that contract. So far? Even though, my God, he almost, <laughs> he almost blew it did. with that stupid hit, didn't get suspended. It it maybe was worse, worse optically, and because who it was, people paid attention. We probably would have, if that had been Mitch Marner, no one would have said anything about it, um, but because it was Tom Wilson, you know, Twitter was a a flurry with people. He should be kicked out of the league for that hit. It was like, are you kidding me? As it was nothing. I mean, and it, the guy that he hit didn't get hurt or anything. It was yeah. Anyways, so John John Carlson, there's our uh, our Norris Trophy winner. So I know this is your favorite, the goalies, the goalies, the Vizina. <laughs> <laughs> As I used to call it, you know, I used to read all these books of, uh, you know, you know, going back into history of the league and each each uh, section you got each year and reading through all that. And I remember the first time I, you know, I'm a little kid and I see the word Vizina. Wow. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was the disease or a trophy. <laughs> but, oh, no. Uh, the Vezina trophy. I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Since, uh, I don't know, you said, oh, no. So that makes me think your computer just crashed and you got the blue screen of death. Uh, but maybe the ring, the ring, green ring of Xbox death. Oh wow! Like that I you? used to get. I yep. yep. Dude, the worst. The worst. Uh, my Vesna Trophy winner is a homer pick for sure, but very deserving is Freddie Anderson. Uh, I think he's going to end up with the most wins. He's on the best team, and certainly that has in in my experience has not has actually almost been in your favor when you're on the best team. I mean, Nashville was one of the best teams last year, and you look, Nashville and Tampa Bay, both uh, both goaltenders nominated for the Vesna. Of course, Pekka Rene wins it. And so when I look at it, I go, I mean, he's not only is this a high-scoring, yes, a high-scoring team, but they would not be where they are without Freddie Anderson. I mean, you watch some of these games, and the games where, they're, you know, you got no Matthews, you've got no Nylander, and so you're relying really on... on uh, really one line to do a lot of your production. And when that bottom six wasn't producing for the Leafs, it was Freddie Anderson winning them games. And so I, I think he is very, very deserving. 
uh, despite being on a very good team as well. He, I mean, this team doesn't exactly have the best defense. And so, uh, true. Much like the Vesna winner from last year, Pekka Rene, his defense was fantastic. Yes, 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 his, yes, exactly. Well, I will I agree you with saying you. saying that Nashville doesn't have a good defense. No, no. God, no. Uh, I will agree with you. He is my pick to win the Vesna. Um, I will say, though, he is going to be challenged all year by John Gibson. But I do think, like you said, he's going to end up with the most wins, and I think that is probably the deciding factor because um, two little stats that I look at right now, you look at shots against, right? John Gibson is number two in the league at shots against, and Freddie Anderson is number three. However, Gibson at a 927, Anderson a 931. Those are both fantastic and Vesna-like numbers, but it comes down to wins right now. Freddie Anderson, again, they've Gibson's played one more game, but Anderson's still walking away with five more wins, and I think as the season rolls on, the Ws will tell the story. Well, and also... Anaheim right now is looking... I mean, they've won four in a row. They're 6-2-2 two two in their last 10. Not bad. And uh, they have pulled themselves out of, you know, looking like they were maybe going to start trickling down the uh, the old standings. And they've what found themselves... What a comeback win last night, by the way. 5-1 oh down. And yeah. Woo, Unreal. Uh, a team that doesn't score a whole lot of goals, scoring five unanswered goals at the... Essentially in a, you know, what, a 24-minute span. Yeah, and tip of the cap to Ryan Miller. He is now tied with John Van Breesbrook. All time and most wins by an American goaltender. Nice, nice. Well, then he'll uh, he'll he'll obviously surpass him. Yes, he will. Uh, but yeah, the Ducks to me, when I look at them, I go, I, I don't think that this is sustainable. I, I do think that John Gibson is fantastic, but the team in front of him is just not good enough, and eventually this is going to catch up uh, to them. Uh, a nice little winning streak right now, but you look at San Jose. You got to figure they're gonna they're gonna write this ship. Sure, I think Martin Jones gets a little bit gets back into it, writes it. Yeah, and know. and I also I I think you're starting to see Vegas come on. They're seven and three in their last ten, and they were real bad early on. And so, is Vegas going to start coming around? And Edmonton if, if, starting to come around. Right. Do they continue? And and Arizona's won their last three. Edmonton and Arizona both won their last three. So, uh, there's going to be a lot of competition, and I just don't know if Anaheim over the course of the next. Oh, they played 29 games so far, so we got another 53 games to go. I don't think that what they're doing is sustainable. Basically, just relying on a hot goalie, and uh, we've seen goalies be hot for a full year, but it's that's pretty rare. I think if Anaheim makes the playoffs, John Gibson is the league MVP on top of the Vesna Trophy winner. Okay, I, I will give you that if they wow. if they can make the playoffs with this offense and the the way that they've just allowed so many opportunities i mean he is he would be the league mvp he would be the reason they're there all right so Bold I, statement. I would i would go as far to say that i just i don't think that that's going to happen uh, okay let's go with the selkie less defensive forward maybe the most the second useless trophy next to the <laughs> uh the lady vagina trophy just rename it the dadzook slash bergeron trophy there you go <laughs> They they really should that like it would be nice you know they changed the name of the well they actually created the, the goal Ted Lindsay the, yeah the Ted Lindsay and and they created the the goal the most goals I can't believe that they don't have a Wayne Gretzky trophy for most assists like why why not that is actually quite surprising they how, don't have one like, after him how have they how they the don't league? have a Gordy Howe trophy either yeah that's true I mean what would you give it out for he's I guess, about to but. get a he's about to get a bridge named after him though Gordy Howe yeah you know that new bridge that's going up oh, between yeah. Canada and the U S yeah that's right. actually called the Gordy Howe something bridge <laughs> something Rem- bridge. memorial bridge or something like that so uh so yeah so anyways the selkie trophy 
not going to Bergeron because he's been injured and uh, probably would have if he didn't get hurt. But who's your pick? Uh, for me, Tyler Sagan. Okay. All right. I really love the improvements he's made in his game. Uh, he is playing a 200-foot game now. He is not all about the offense, which is fantastic. And he's, he's still a dynamic offensive threat. No joke. He's, he's sitting right now at a nice little plus-minus, plus 12. Um, you know, a good point-per-game pace and playing about 21 minutes a night. So not too shabby for a guy that has to go out there against top lines every single night and has to be counted on to score for your team every night. Yeah, you know, Gabriel Landeskog could win that just because he's has such a high plus minus and you know that award like trophy trophy voters Oh look at yeah, stuff like that for sure. Disgusting. Um well, let's just say this. Here is how illegitimate plus minus is from a player standpoint. From a maybe from a team standpoint, it, it is legitimate because at least as a whole team you can go, all right, if everyone on your team is is minus ten and below, you obviously have a bad team. Right. If everybody's plus 10 and, a, and higher, you, you're obviously on a really good team. Fourth in the league in plus minus is freaking Ron Hainsey at plus 16. Freaking Ron Hainsey. Ron Hainsey. You know why? Because he's out there every time. More, he's out there. He paired with Morgan Riley. And Morgan Riley often is out there when Marner, Tavares, and Kapanen have been on the ice. <laughs> and away you go. And so, I mean, he's just picking up this plus minus. But really, I mean, it's he is the same plus minus as Miko Rantanen. Yeah, let's not talk about that. And so if that's some signifier into how good you are, that's just silly. Uh, to me, the uh, that best defensive forward, it's going to Mitch Marner. Really? Mitch Marner, I, I, uh, I think he is like, oh man, I got to look it up now. Shoot, uh, he is a ton of takeaways. That was a huge reason why Pavel Datsuk, oh yeah, won that award because every single year you would see he uh, led the league in takeaways almost every would, year. Yeah, and and it was it was by like a hundred takeaways too. You it was didn't a even need amount. to go and look it up. Uh, you would just. You just be, he's seventh in the league with 32 takeaways. Alexander Barkov at 44 takeaways does uh, does lead the league. Yeah, he is another guy I did think certainly, about for yeah, this one. Certainly, I mean, even think about how good Connor McDavid is. He's he's fifth in the league with 34 takeaways. Uh, Connor McDavid does it with speed, though. You don't see him right. coming up behind. Right. Well, I'd say Marner does the same thing, well, too. Oh, but, of course. Uh, yeah, I, I just, he also plays on the penalty kill. And is he's getting lots of opportunities to showcase his skill. He, I don't think he's going to lead the league in scoring. But you're going to look at him. You're going to go, all right. The guy's got barely any penalty minutes. He goes. He he does play on the penalty kill. I mean, he's not playing a whole lot on the penalty kill, but he does play on the penalty kill. So he's trusted in that way. Uh, and he's going to put up a lot of points. And that has been a requirement. Uh, since maybe like Yuri Lettinen, <laughs> back when Yuri Lettinen was winning that award every year for God knows who knows why. I, who knows why? And uh, Bergeron makes sense because Bergeron is a high octane offensive player who also plays a full 200 foot game. And Marner has really become a good two way player. I actually think Matthews would, could win this award if he had played the whole year, but. A 14-game miss on an injury, that's long enough to go, you're probably not going to win an award. 
because you've only played 68 games, unless you go lead the league in scoring or something, <laughs> some Mario Lemieux kind of like, oh, hey, sorry, I only played 60 games, but still have 170 points. So <laughs> what if, what year, if Michael yeah. Grabner, if he stayed healthy, right? He's he's oh. out injured right now. What if he ended up with like 15 shorthanded goals? Maybe right. you'd throw his name in there. <laughs> hey, hey, why wouldn't you? Yeah, for, for Selkie, for sure. Uh, okay, well, let's do uh, the Lady Bing. And uh, yeah, I mean, really a, an award that, is com- in my mind has become uh, pretty outdated because it used to be that there was more fighting in the league, you know, and there was a, the Lady Bing literally comes from some Lady Bing who went to games mm-hmm. and liked players that played with uh, gentlemanly and with yeah. class, right? And so she donated this trophy to the league. To say, I want to give an award to somebody who is classy and is a gentleman when they play. Uh, a good sport, essentially. It's the good sport award. Uh, but you need to be of high talent level as well. And so, essentially, this award's just turned into, like, who takes the least amount of penalty minutes and is really good. Uh, but there's really no... There's hardly any fighting in the league anymore. Uh, to me, is there a real need for this award? I think it would be better to have a... a not an award, but like a... I don't know, a badge that somebody had to wear. Like, hey, you're a giant dick when you play hockey. You have to wear this badge all season long. Here you go, Mr. Wilson. And he has to just, yes, a scarlet letter. And you have to walk around with it. The three guys every year, you get this letter that you have to put onto your jersey and wear it as a badge of shame. Uh, But yeah, this this award is just kind of eh to me. But uh, I'm giving it to Matt Duchesne. Duchesne, okay. Yeah, I mean, the guy's got 33 points in uh, 27 games and only has two penalty minutes. Uh, that's, to me, very impressive. The next guy, Sean Monahan, also has two penalty minutes. Uh, but he's the only other one close in points and in penalty minutes. Other than, although, yeah, yeah. Johnny Goudreau only has four. But, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm Matt Duchesne playing where he plays and playing as well as he has. He really has come into his own i think this is the first time we're seeing point per game duchene who we thought he could be five years ago and so also doing it in a very classy and gentlemanly way gentlemanly way oh for me uh sasha barkoff uh no penalty minutes yet 23 points and 25 games played and i picked him over some of the other guys that maybe you'd like talk about goudreau um those guys just because when you're on a team that's at the bottom of the league like he is trying to get wins sometimes guys tend to cheat tend to you know hook a little bit more it's fair do some things and penalty and, minutes and, come from and that he's end. a big guy yes so he does play in the corners a lot which is he's very i mean he has the most takeaways in the league so that actually i i like that if i could switch my answer i i, <laughs> I might lean towards that he just okay. because he doesn't have as many points as as some other guys too i think that plays a factor but 44 takeaways and zero penalty minutes i mean you're lifting like a lot of guys stick and not getting a slash yep because if it and like a touches the high tip stick of the, or yeah, yeah. The finger yeah. it's like oh they're gonna call it right, in a second right, exactly well let's go to uh, the calder trophy i know who my calder trophy pick is i told you who it was and you you told me that i thought that for sure there was only one choice and you've informed me that you have somebody different so i'll tell you mine because yours is apparently a shocker um, i don't i don't know if you want to call it a shocker not, not like two in the no please don't do that stink shocker but <laughs> my sister did that to her principal once and had no idea what it meant and got suspended and perfect. wondered why <laughs> perfect in college i went around and i had professors take a picture with that oh no symbol and uh and I remember one of them was like, 
oh, what are we doing, gang symbols? And he threw it up. <laughs> I mean, this is back when I had a digital camera. We oh, didn't boy. have, you know, cameras on your... Uh, Disposable cameras. Uh, well, you may... I had a razor, and so, you know, it's what VGA is the quality of your, your picture. Right, and it's 240 really horrible, <laughs> terrible picture. And uh, But anyways, so my Calder pick is Elias Peterson. Been ripping it up for Vancouver, has come in, and he has proven that he is ready to be a star in this league. And uh, I think that we've had more highlights from Elias Peterson than we have from any rookie since Connor McDavid, who didn't win the Calder Trophy. I won't disagree with you on that one, but I think over the course of the year, uh, Vancouver as a team sort of, I, I want to say they they right the wrong and they sort of end up at the bottom of the league, and I think that kind of hurts. Dude, they just got Josh Levo, all right? <laughs> That's true. Josh he's Levo's going to play alongside Bo Horvat, and he's going to score 30 goals. Okay, and this Leafs is over. fans are going to be pissed at Kyle Dubas because he's an idiot. That's, yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, for me, a team that's going to stay at the top. I like Kyle Dubas. Man. I know. Yeah. Everybody likes Kyle Dubas. No, nope, um, that's not true. I, okay. No, yeah. you haven't been on Twitter I, enough. <laughs> okay. I like Kyle Dubas. Anyway, <laughs> a, a team that's going to be at the top of the standings and going to continue success. Uh, a guy who's putting up 16 points in 16 games, Brady Kachuk. I think right now he is a good pick for the Calder. Um, not only at the quarter mark. I think if you do just the quarter mark, yeah, Elias Peterson is probably the right pick. But over the course of the year, I think Kachuk just sort of edges him out just because, again, I think, well, what am I saying? Not at the top. I'm thinking of Matthew Kachuk. Um, but I think just continued success he'll have over the course of the year. But my my wonder is, is can Ottawa continue their offensive prowess? I mean, they've been scoring pretty well. They are leading the league in goals against too, so there is that. Um, so maybe his, you know, the analytics folks maybe not like him as much. If I mean, ninety-eight goals for. I mean, they they have the same amount of goals for as the Leafs. <laughs> they they just have given up thirty-nine more goals. Only yeah. Um, you know what? I I do think it doesn't go as hot as it has been the rest of the year, but. Um, They've won three in a row. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think, you know, he he does have continued success where I think, you know, Vancouver just maybe doesn't score as much. and Maybe you can so. shut down Peterson. Yeah, I, I can, that's that's fair. Maybe there's uh, where you, whereas you have, well, I mean, Ottawa, yeah, Ottawa's just, they're doing something different. I, it's, it's impressive that Guy Boucher has been able to go from this playing this insane trap to scoring at will. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta tip your cap to him because you know he kind of adapted to what he was given. It's like, oh, you're gonna lose like a top five player in the league, and you're gonna have to figure it out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So and there you yeah, go. Funny enough, really, uh, Shabbat showing like he's better than Carlson now. Yeah. Although I will admit, though, last year at this point, I did pick Clayton Keller to win the Calder, and he was a winger too, like a Chuck, and that did not work out so hot. So we'll see if it plays out again this year. Yeah, you know, and that's where it is hard to keep scoring goals at a a high rate, but. Brady Kachuk, I will say, he does play a different type of game than Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller, more a little bit more of an outside player. Brady Kachuk, not an outside player. Nope. Okay, let's go to Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year. Okay, well, um, for me right now, Phil Housley. Yeah, I get the same. Yeah, I got to say, the Sabres look pretty dang good. Whether they can, can, I mean, they've lost, you know, a couple in a row. They lost to Tampa the other night. And, um, you know, hopefully tonight playing Nashville, maybe they can right the wrong and get back on board because that's what the good teams do. They continue, you know, to find a way to get out of those slumps and get back into winning. And, um, you know, we'll see what the Sabres are about tonight. But, um, you know, so far, I, I like what, what they've been doing. And it seems to have worked out pretty well for Housley and company. Yeah, I will, uh, I will say Bill Peters. Is my would be my next pick. Calgary first place in that division, 
And uh, he, I mean, the fact that, you know, he's in Carolina, he's not making the playoffs, and it was clear that something was going on with goaltending and all sorts of weird. And so he leaves, goes to Calgary. Calgary, their defense was a mess. They couldn't score outside of Monahan and Goudreau. And he's really taken that team and has uh, turned them around. They look good. And so, I mean, granted, you know, you've got Carolina, who also looks a little better than they respectable. did last year. But they're res- yes, they're respectable. They, they do have a game in hand on Montreal. They win their next game. They're in the playoffs. But, I mean, Carolina, I would say, looks similar that they did last year. Right. They don't look above and beyond better to where it's like a coaching change was really the difference maker. Right. Whereas Bill Peters has gone into Calgary without many big changes. Right. James Neal hasn't been producing either, which is the funny thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if he's producing, Bill Peters looks even better. Right. Right. So you got to tip your hat to to him too. And I mentioned Guy Boucher a little bit earlier. If Ottawa were to go and make the playoffs, he definitely would be, I think, up for that award too (laughs) because that's pretty impressive. Okay. Let's go to general manager of the year. Ooh. Did you do that one? I did. Okay, all right, yeah. good. I'll let you go first. Okay, I'm going to go with Kyle, Kyle Dubas. Kyle Dubas, okay. Toronto. I think uh, getting Nylander signed, it clearly was not an easy easy thing to do. Uh, I think you're going to see him trade for a, a defenseman here. Not not trading Nylander for him, but you're going to see them trade a first-round pick, go go acquire a defenseman. Like that's, That is what they need to do. They also have... I mean, they have some defensemen waiting in the weeds. They've got Timothy Lilligren. They've got Rasmus Sandin. They have good players that are going to come up, and they're going to be in their top four uh, if all goes according to plan. But you look at the Leafs this year, and you look at the way that they're they're assembled right now in terms of their salary cap structure, this year is the year to go for it. They still have $5 million in cap space right now. They have Nathan McKinnon, who can be put on the LTIR, get another $5.3 million in cap space. So they have enough room. You said to, Nathan McKinnon, by the way. Sorry. Nathan Horton. <laughs> there we go. Nathan McHorton. Uh, and, and so, I mean, really, they have $10 million left in cap space. And so this is the year to try and go for it. I think that they have a good enough team. If you add a top four defenseman to this team, they're, in my mind, as good as Nashville, as good as Tampa, uh, as as good as Colorado. And Colorado, I mean, Colorado is scoring like crazy. I don't see them doing much more than winning a round because I don't think that they if can they compete with the Winnipeg Jets. I don't think that they can beat Nashville. I don't think they nope. beat Nashville. I mean, you know, they played in last year in the playoffs and they did give them a run for their money, but I think that everyone's going to be ready for them in the playoffs. I just don't think they're deep enough defensively, uh, but they man, or forward either. In and, my and the playoffs, things do change. You know, teams are a lot tighter checking. And so you're going to see teams target those guys. Oh, for uh, sure. Whereas, you know, a Tampa or a Nashville, their scoring is more spread out. Toronto, their scoring is spread out. Yes, through. You need that secondary line. third line scoring to win games. You, yes, you do. That's why so. Pittsburgh was so successful running those three right, lines. Right. That's I why. Mean, that's why Washington was so successful. Yep. They got great production from their their bottom line. So, I I, I do think that uh, even just just with what he was able to do, bringing in Tavares, getting Nylander under the cap, and this team is all together for this ride. I think that. Uh, now the GM award, I don't think is voted on until the end of the second round of the playoffs. So it'll kind of deter, you know, I mean, how much influence do they really have going into that second round of the play? I mean, I think you know, by the time, some, some made fluky their minds things, up. yeah, you've made your mind. Some fluky things can happen and a really good team can, can lose. But, uh, yeah, cause as a general manager, what, I mean, there's not a ton you can really do after the deadline anyways. 
So I think most of the time you've you made your mind up by then anyways, depending on what you do or do not add. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for me, I, I almost pick Kyle Dubas. He's my number, my runner-up guy for this award. But Jason Botterill, for me, was was the winner of the Sabres okay. GM. Okay. I love the addition of Jeff Skinner. Hopefully he can get him signed, which would just even bolster that team for the future because, uh, you know, Sherry, another great addition, but even more an MVP-style guy, I think. Carter Hutton bringing him in has looked really, really yep, good. Yep. And, and, I mean, the fact that they traded Ryan O'Reilly – and we're able to get Sabotka and mm-hmm. and really be able to fill in some depth in their lineup, which is really what they were lacking last year. And Ryan O'Reilly, he's looked he's looked fine, but he hasn't been a huge impact for the St. Louis Blues. And so maybe it was the right time to cut ties with him. And uh, yeah, they, I would agree. They, they definitely look like the culture has changed over there. It's not a losing culture anymore. That's fair to say. Uh, okay, well, one last award. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm just gonna say MVP. I'm not gonna worry about mm. Hart, Lester, B. Pearson. Okay. Oh, okay, we can. No, just just say MVP. I like that because better. because Lester B. Pearson is just gonna be McDavid because all the players go, holy, f- <laughs> this guy's good. So we vote for him. I mean, that's, that's true. Last year, but let's just go MVP for the first uh, first 25 games or you know quarter of the season, and then uh, and then we'll give your prediction for the very end. All right. Uh, for me, let's see. First quarter of the season, probably going to have to give it up to uh, to Mr. McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon. Okay. Uh, like we talked about, that line is just rolling, killing everybody right now. Um, yeah. I mean, nobody can stop him. So we'll see how, how long that lasts, if they continue that success. I think it will. And that's why I picked him to also win at the end of the year. Okay. So why I don't think he'll win the point race, I do think he gets Colorado in the playoffs. And that and being that centerman, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, I'm going MVP for the whole season. I'm going Connor McDavid because I, I think that the Oilers are going to find a way to get into the playoffs. Uh, whatever Ken Hitchcock is doing, he's he's a he's like a, a magic pill for. I will moment, say if you know? they do get in the playoffs, I, I think you might see his name for the. I mean, the Jack people Adams. wanted him to win the MVP. Oh, that would be crazy. Yeah, come midseason win. That's that. That's very interesting. Uh, but I would I would say that the. First quarter MVP is Miko Rantanen. Miko Rantanen. He does okay. lead the league in scoring. Yes, Mc, uh, McKinnon has been fantastic. He is the center. Uh, Rantanen has ramped his game up to a whole new level. We we saw this last year, and this year he's he's at an even another another place. And I think that McKinnon's success has also had a, a great thing to do with with Rantanen. And so I, I'm giving him the first quarter MVP. I mean, 45 points in 27 games is unreal. Yeah, it is very impressive. And I will say, when you see like big lines, like where you have multiple guys scoring, right, there's usually, you have a good idea of who's driving that line, right? So, yeah, yeah there's usually one guy that you know is like, okay, he's, he's driving that line, these other guys are. But with those two guys, you don't, I can't really say who is and who isn't. Yeah, and I, I think that, Maybe I want to give it to him because I I actually I do think that McKinnon is the MVP of that team, but I just want to give it to him because I feel like you know it's kind of he's 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 the new name, he's the new name on there. All right, so I'm going to give it to him. Okay, well that's uh, that's our award show. You know, I hope I hope that was uh, satisfying. (laughs) We will do another one at the halfway point, of course. As uh, as we always do, then a seventy five percent. The seventy five percent isn't as what the three quarter mark. It's not as not as natural. No, but it's it's there. You know, the sixty game mark essentially is, is where you roll that out. But we will uh, yes, we'll be back later in the week. We will be doing our uh, worst depth at right wing 
for uh, the National Hockey League as we continue through that series. We've done centers, defensemen, left wing. We go to the right side, and then after that, we will go to goaltenders. And so uh, then I'd like to do prospect depth. Ooh. Yeah. Going to skip over goaltending. Okay. Oh, well, no, no. I said goaltending. I said goaltending. Did you? I just just weren't paying attention. You were reading something on your computer. It's it's all right. Uh, I understand. (laughs) Facebook's better than me. No. Wow. So yeah, so we'll do we'll do goaltending and then we'll do prospects. So let us know on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk uh, what you thought of our awards. If you think that we should have uh, made made better decisions, that's generally the the mantra of my life. I should have made better decisions, but wow. Uh, but like, I think a job off of Arrested Development, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yes, <laughs> huge mistake. All right, well that's been our show. We will talk to you guys later in the week and uh, enjoy the games coming up.